Welcome to Bad, Boston Artists and Designers Podcast. This episode, we have Hannah Cousins. Welcome, Hannah. Hi. How are you doing? <laughs> so tell us a little bit about who you are. Um, that's a big question. Great. Um, my name is Hannah. I am a cosplayer, artist, designer, rug maker, um, extraordinaire. <laughs> Anything under the sun that can be made, I will make it. <laughs> love that very cool so where are you from um big question not really um i grew up mostly in northern mass uh like right on the new hampshire border and then i basically lived there my whole life um within like the uh, kind of like three-ish towns back and forth but same general area and then I moved to Boston for school and then I stayed and here we are and now I live in Jamaica Plain very nice nice and congrats for being able to stay in the city still I wish I was there right now oh I know it's definitely a struggle and I'm definitely really happy that I'm still here I know a lot of people didn't weren't as lucky as me and I'm Mm -hmm. definitely really grateful now, did you always know that you wanted to be an artist, or was there, like, a point kind of growing up that you kind of decided? Um, no. I think, like, every child, I wanted to be a marine biologist at one point. I feel like that's a very common dream hmm. job, um, which is really weird, because my biggest fear has always been the ocean. Um, so that's, you know, <laughs> it's terrifying, but, you know, that's not what we're here to talk about it's today. It's deep. It is deep. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> who knows what's down there i'm just simply not interested in knowing um anyway <laughs> my sister <laughs> yep. my older sister actually was always the artist in the family and so like we would kind of like draw together or whatever and just like hang around and just like you know doodle and then i kind of got into drawing on my own and then i stumbled into cosplay when i was about 13 I'm gonna say uh because I wanted to be this one very specific character for Halloween it was like my last Halloween I'm gonna say because 13 is like you're kind of edging like you can't trick-or-treat anymore kind of a little too old Eh, you you could no I don't think anyone would say no but like you know you kind of should stop when you're a teenager (laughs) there's like a point where it gets weird yeah and like you know like my friends were like we should probably stop like this is going to be the last halloween we all decided and i was like all right i want to be this one specific character for halloween and he wore this iconic jacket and i was like oh i need the jacket and i was like dad i want to be this one character for halloween i found some person who made the jacket on etsy will you please buy it for me it's only 120 dollars." and he laughed at me of course because no, I'm not going to get this, like, crazy expensive jacket for you for Halloween. He was like, but you can make it yourself if you want. And I was like, fine, I will. So he drove me to Joanne's, the first time I ever went to a fabric store. We picked out the little fabric. We picked out a little pattern. I had no idea what was going on. We drove back home. We, like, dug out my sister's old sewing machine that she asked for Christmas for one year and, of course, never used. And he, like, looked up the directions really quick, taught me how to wind a bobbin, wound the bobbin for me, showed me how to, like, do the thread, and then he was like, okay, have fun. And he just left me alone with a sewing machine and a bunch of fabric, and I was so confused. (laughs) And so I, like, really stumbled my way through it. 
I did not read the directions for some reason. I was just like, I simply don't need these. So I cut out all of the pieces and then just like figured out how it went together. And I made so many mistakes and it's like the ugliest thing in the world. I still have it because I like, I'm sentimental in that way that like I can't throw it away. Yeah. And so it's like really <laughs> just like, it's so bad, but like looking back on it, it's kind of incredibly impressive that as a 13 year old, I was just like, I made a jacket and like I could wear it and it worked and it's not like unwearable I mean I would never wear it now but yeah and then I was like oh that was really fun and then I went to high school after because I was like eighth grade and I really got into anime and then of course I immediately stumbled into cosplay and I was like oh that's really cool and so I kind of had already done it before I knew what it was and then the ball just like totally rolled and it got a little out of hand, and here we are. <laughs> that's an awesome story. I think that's great that he just kind of left you alone with it and figure it out, because I feel like that's how people learn best. Yeah, my dad's a chemical engineer, so he's really big on... Uh, he was always, like, leaving us to our own devices, which growing up was, like, a little challenging, but, like, as an adult person reflecting back, like oh my god, it absolutely made me the person I am today. I am yeah. so, like, anytime I have a challenge, I'm like, oh, give it to me. I am, like, a problem solver extraordinaire, and I live by that, and I'm just like, let's figure this out. Let's do it. <laughs> Learn by doing. That's always good. And it's awesome that you still have the jacket. I can I definitely understand the sentimental value to it. I know. One day, I'm what sure... What was the uh, character? Oh, I don't want to tell you. <laughs> That's why I purposely was leaving it out. It's Oh, okay, okay. Okay, no, that's no, all good. If you to. really want to know, it was Ben 10, but when he's 16 oh, from yes. Ben 10 Alien Force, because I was really into that <laughs> growing up. That's not embarrassing. I no, feel like everyone awesome. loved Ben 10. I barely watched it, but I still knew But as was like a 13 year old girl being like, I want to be Ben 10 for Halloween, it's like a little weird. Well, I think it's I weird. I think it's cool. I think it's cool. I think it's embarrassing, but, you know, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I think that's awesome. So when was your first Comic-Con, or, sorry, when was your first con in general? My first con was when I was, um, I'm going to say it was, like, 2012. So I must have been about 13 at the time. And I went to Anime Boston in Boston, I, like, figured out nice. what conventions were. I was a freshman in college. Uh, I was a freshman in high school. And I had a friend who wanted to go with me. And my brother came along. And, like, oh, my God. I dare say it was one of the greatest experiences of my life. Like, I was so afraid and so nervous. I was, like, this little itty-bitty baby at my first ever anime con. And the first cosplay that I wore... Not the one I first made because it was kind of just like stuff I already had in my closet. Was Luffy from One Piece, mm. and if you're familiar with One Piece, it's like an incredibly long show. Yep. We're almost at a thousand episodes, and uh, wow. so the fandom, like you, it's very easy to find someone at a convention who has seen One Piece just because like it's so big and so popular. And so I was this little itty bitty baby in my little Luffy cosplay, like scared out of my mind. And I remember like walking past the food court at the Prudential Center, which used to exist. Only real ones know about the Prudential Food Court at Anime Boston. <laughs> and 
there was like a table of these one piece cosplayers and i remember i was like so nervous and i was like oh my god like obviously they're dressed up from the same show as me so like obviously we have something in common and i remember walking by and they saw me and they all were like oh my god hi you look amazing and they were like talking to me and hyping me up and like i have no idea who those people were but i simply owe them my life truthfully (laughs) (laughs) now when you went did you dress up every time that you went and did you like make costumes every time that you yeah so this was like an annual event for me in my family um my brother came with me a few years but every single year so it was the only until uh college anime boston was the only convention i went to for about four years because like Mm. uh i didn't really have like a job in high school that was like a good job that i could save money at i worked at like joann's and like so i could only kind of afford to like go to one convention a year And, like, luckily it was Anime Boston, which is a really big and great one. And so I would, like, plan my costume, like, almost, like, a year in advance. I would be like, okay, this is the one event. And it's kind of like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, but I had school. My mom would not let me skip. She doesn't love me. (laughs) Um, And then, so it would kind of be, like, Saturday afternoon and then, like, uh, or Friday afternoon, Sunday. Oh, my God. Why am I messing up the weekend? Friday afternoon. Saturday all day and then like a little bit of Sunday but we always had to leave because like I had school the next day and so it was kind of like Saturday was like the big great thing and so I would be like okay Saturday has to be amazing incredible and then Friday can be like a less cool costume but I did not want to wear the costume two days in a row because I wanted to make two costumes but then on top of that I had like my brother my cousin would sometimes come with us my friend and so like I was like I will make you all costumes wow all of these people meanwhile I still kind of don't really know how to sew like mind you because I never had a single lesson I'm still like making all of this up and so yeah, that was really brave of me, I'm going to say. We really made a choice with that. but um, Definitely. So I was making these crazy things and, like, just for all of these people. And this was just, like, the yearly event. And I was like, we're going to Anime Boston. We're going to do all of this. We're going to make all of this stuff. It's going to be amazing and incredible. And I think it kind of was. I have some pictures of, like, us a really long time ago. And, like, it was crazy. It was whack. That's and that's impressive though the fact that you were able to like you said that you were gonna oh yeah I'll make all your costumes and also yeah I get that where you were like it kind of it's like a year in planning like ahead of time almost like I only I only went to Comic Con uh, a couple of times uh, and the first time I went I also tried making a costume but I definitely couldn't do what you were doing all of these years like I tried once and I had to have my aunt help me make it and stuff and it was just a process and I'm by the end of it I'm like I can't this again yeah I don't know I so yeah props for you on that thank you something just clicked one day and I was like oh yeah I want to do this and I was really into like Mm -hmm. trying to get it as exact to the reference as I possibly could and I didn't I think after two years somebody came up to me in like the hallway and they were like are you in the masquerade like the cosplay competition and I was like there's a competition and they were like, yeah, like, to see, like, how, to, like, how close you got to the reference. And I was like, you're lying. And so I was, like, 16 at that point, And it just, like, lit a fire in me. And, like, I have not stopped. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. Nice. Now, actually, that's a, 
I guess a good transitioning point over to is this like in the middle of these conventions is this kind of when you wanted like knew that you also wanted to pursue fashion overall or was there a point later down the line that you kind of like okay I'm doing the conventions and I want to continue just in fashion like when did that kind of happen for you um actually surprisingly I didn't kind of like click that I wanted to do fashion until I was a senior and I was like looking at colleges because I didn't really know that fashion was an option for me uh, in the way that like I didn't know if I would be allowed kind of by my parents to go to art school or if like that was going to be like valued in their eyes Uh, we kind of had just like never talked about it and I just kind of never thought about it I guess until senior year like they were kind of just like letting me get from point A to point B on my own. They were like, let's let's see what she does. They just like left me alone and like, we're like, let's see how this goes kind of. I'm, I'm the third kid and the last kid. So like, I'm definitely like, they kind of like don't care. Uh, <laughs> they, I mean, they care in their own way and they love me, but like, you can definitely see they're like, whatever. They knew you could handle yourself. They, they had confidence uh, in you. Um, we like to we like to think but um yeah it was actually my dad who was like you like you want to go to art school right like you want to do fashion and I was like what I was like I can do that and so he was like yeah let's go look at mass art and I was like who and so my dad actually was the one who brought it up which is incredibly surprising to me because as I said before he's a chemical engineer So he, like, growing up, always valued, like, math, science, like, the STEM stuff, which I had always been so bad at. So, so bad at. Like, I don't know why, but, like, math and science just doesn't click. Like, I have cried at the dinner table over my math homework with my dad so many times growing up. And eventually, I think he just, like, he just realized, he was like, okay, if I can't teach her, it's not me, it's her. Like, (laughs) kind of. And so... He kind of got over that, like, I was, like, the creative artsy one, and my sister has her PhD in inorganic biochemistry, so he got one genius out of the bunch, so I think he's fine with that. (laughs) So he was like, you can be an artist, it's fine. I think most of us creative types have had that moment where we're crying at the dinner table with our parents over math homework or something. it's a shared experience. It's just a stereotype that runs true. It's just math, honestly. With artists, it just doesn't yes, click. Unfortunately, yeah. fashion has a lot of fractions in it, Uh-oh. but I've gotten fairly good at them. Yep. So there's always a little bit of math in everything. Yes. But yeah. in art, it's bare minimum. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> so speaking about mass art, um, what was it like going there? Mm, am I allowed to like <laughs> slander them, or should I be nice? It is whatever <laughs> you would like to say. This is this is all you. Okay, cool. Um. But it is on record. They won't know it was me. Uh, (laughs) As I'm fully listed by name. Um, Yeah, honestly, mass art was really good and really bad in a lot of ways. And I think that is a Mm. uh, shared experience with a lot of my peers. Um, I'm going to say, like, fashion specifically. I think everyone, every major is different because, you know, every major is different. Um, But fashion specifically was really interesting. Freshman year was incredibly difficult for me because I was basically asked to do all of these things that I kind of had no interest in and kind of had no experience in. And it really knocked my confidence down because I was thrust into all of these 2D classes where like I had to figure draw or I had to like do all of these weird things that I was just totally uncomfortable with. And like looking around and seeing like illustration majors having 
gorgeous figure drawings and then I like had like a stupid little like dinky like stick figure like yeah it did not feel good whatsoever and so I was really lost freshman year and I was like I'm a like I was like basically telling myself I was like you are a good artist like you deserve to be here like just because like you're not really good at drawing like doesn't mean that you're not a good artist and I was just like trying to like talk myself like off the ledge I never thought about like dropping out or anything because I was like once I get to fashion I will oh I can do it but like getting through freshman year was definitely not exciting whatsoever but I think everyone kind of hates freshman year, so whatever. Moving on to sophomore year, I am thrust into fashion. Oh my god! It was amazing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> finally meeting all the fashion majors, good and bad. Fashion, I would dare say, is the most catty major, which is incredible and awful at the same time, because I love gossiping as much as the next person. But sometimes it felt like I was back in high school when I was with those people. Um... So that was fun and interesting, but, you know, I just kind of, like, stayed out of it for the most part, and my little friend group was really nice and cute, and, like, we all supported each other, and, like, I think on the surface, everyone in fashion loves each other, but I think if you take one step lower, we all secretly hate each other, (laughs) which, I mean... (laughs) It was an id- it's almost like the underlying competition in there. Almost. Yeah, that actually is a great point. Fashion uh, as a major really pitted us all against each other, which I didn't necessarily love. Mm. Basically, every year we had some sort of competition or some sort of like award that we were all trying to win. Um, and so that was like not I wasn't in love with that because we would all like kind of try our yeah. best and like we all were of course doing the projects but then all of a sudden they'd be like okay these people were the best at it and, like it's not great being yeah. like these people are amazing and like it wasn't always the same people who were at the top but it was mostly the same like group of people that were at the top and so like I can't imagine like being the people like trying your best and then like every every competition like not coming in and like it's just a little strange and they were like no it's like healthy competition because like the world of fashion is so competitive but like i'm not interested in that so yeah it's like the people who are not getting like if you're on the top and you're almost like winning it you know you're getting the support whereas the people at the at the bottom of that are trying to you know work their way up but if there's a competition to it you know it's almost like feels like it's like like a lack of support into that yeah and that like carried through with my class specifically it definitely carried through all the way until senior year senior year i believe we had 32 seniors and basically Mm -hmm. the fashion faculty came to us and they were like hey you're the biggest senior class we've had yet mind you the junior class right behind us had about 60 kids and the reason there was such a big boom was because when they were uh, applying for colleges aaron robertson had just one project runway and so everyone was like i want to go to mass art yep And so there was like double the amount of kids in that class. And so they turned to us and they were like, you have 32 kids. Uh, We can't have a fashion show that long. So we're going to cut you guys in half. So you're all competing against each other now in order to get into the final fashion show, which has kind of been like, as soon as you come to Mass Art and you're a fashion major, you're like the senior fashion show. You get all of your stuff shown. There's industry professionals in the front row. Like, you get this big moment. And, like, maybe you're never in a fashion show ever again, like, depending on which career you go into. So, like, this is something that we've all been looking forward to. And now it's, like, not even guaranteed. Yeah, exactly. So that was... Wow, Wow. that's crazy. That was a huge blow. All of the seniors were so upset because 
you're basically have a 50% chance right now. And so the stress that was on us already as seniors, and then you're like, hey, you're going to do all of this and you might not even get in the fashion show. That was really rough. Mm-hmm. Was that, um, when was the fashion show? Was that before COVID? Uh, we didn't have a fashion show this year. Thanks for reminding me. Right. Um, with fashion, the way that it <laughs> works, no, with fashion, the way that it works is we get both, uh, both halves of the year to work on our stuff on like illustration or uh, whatever their major. They kind of finish it in the first half and then have their show. We are at the very end, so we're in May, so we didn't get it, and the seniors this year are not getting it, and it's really sad, but hey, uh, only 16 of us were going to get in, but then no one got in, so I mean, I guess it's fair. (laughs) It's better if no one, instead of a select few. We're definitely all... I mean, we we have a similar uh, end-of-the-year show where we, you know, put up boards and display all of our work and we have industry professionals come in and that's basically how we get jobs post-graduation mm-hmm. and all of that was just canceled yep, so totally yeah totally taken but um, i mean it is what it is <laughs> but so they're not doing anything like wait, unless i missed it are they not doing anything virtual though either right or they are um not really we basically okay. kind of had to shoot everything at home if we could and then they put together like a little like fashion slideshow for us and we all zoomed together and we were like wow look a slideshow and like I guess it like they tried in their own way but it was so like I don't think anyone finished their thesis we were all just so disheartened and just like we just gave up and yeah (laughs) now today are you doing things like commissions at all or are you doing something like we're working towards something in mind yeah so after I graduated uh I took off like two weeks and then I immediately started my own business doing commissions um so that was really interesting and I've been doing them basically since May I've been hustling doing my own stuff uh which is really great thankfully I'm in like a pretty good situation where my parents are still able to like kind of help me out a little bit and I'm not like totally stressing and like freaking out so I'm definitely really grateful to them so with commissions I've been doing basically anything anyone wants I'm like give it to me what do you need I will totally do it um so I luckily for me I have a a pretty good like tiny community that I've made on Instagram of like cosplayers and I've kind of like set myself as like a fairly successful cosplay person I would like to say and so People have, like, seen my work and, like, seen my progress and kind of, like, I've built up a little reputation that, like, you know, I I can do it. I can totally bust out some cool stuff. And, like, you want me to make you stuff. And thankfully, that was true. And so I'm offering, like, a super wide variety of things that I don't think other people are offering. So, like, I went to fashion school, so I know how to make patterns. And I think with cosplay, that is a huge hurdle that you have to get over because you can teach yourself how to sew totally. But they don't really have, like, Thor armor jacket, whatever, patterns just, like, that you can go buy at Joann's. They are kind of getting yeah. more cosplay things, I see, like, as time has gone by. Like, Yaya Han has made a cosplay fabric selection and stuff. But, like, patterns, I think, are still, like, a hurdle that people have to get over. And so I was like, I will make you a custom pattern in your size. And I will write you down step-by-step instructions if you want. And so that has been really great. And that's been awesome because, like... I, like, you want to see people making stuff, and you want to see people doing stuff, so, like, being able to, like, help them take the first step 
it's like very rewarding in a way and I was like oh okay. <laughs> um on top of that I have made like some actual stuff for people um I just finished off like this really cool like double-breasted blue suede jacket that I just sent out like last month mm. and I'm very excited to see that eventually one day when cons come back <laughs> Um, and currently I have a custom design commission, so they want me to design them something, make the whole thing, and then send it to them. And I am, like, living my best life right now, so that's super exciting. That is awesome. How many commissions are you doing, like, I guess in a year or on average? Um, I, at the beginning, really gave myself so much extra time than I knew that I needed because, you know, you have to allot time to be a little bit sad in quarantine um and like not really want to work on things my production level has definitely uh tanked I use I, I could probably do all of my commissions that I've had in the past probably like if I really busted I could probably do them all in two months but I've been doing them slowly over a year and so try to give myself maybe like two months this month I gave myself like six I don't know why I was just really feeling it and I was like I could do that kind of a mistake on my part but it's fine uh the rush has been welcome the little the stress that I haven't felt in a while is coming back um but yeah as I kind of mentioned at the beginning I've been making rugs which is weird and fun and so I just started doing that and so I can do about two rugs on my rug frame a month and so that's been an interesting weird thing that I've added to my repertoire so like I do two rugs and then I do like sewing things and then I do pattern things and it's just like everything's out and about but I don't know I've gotten quite a few I'm sure if I looked it up I could give you an exact number because I have a spreadsheet but nice I have my little planner Are you doing the rugs for commissions I am doing the rugs for commissions um I made one by hand I'll show it okay. to you I'm gonna Please. interrupt the podcast and fully like lift up my rug so I did this one move. I did this one by hand. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's That's really, crazy. It's four feet by two and a half feet. And yep. like, if you look, all these tiny little loops that I did by hand because I'm a psycho. Um, That's amazing. Thank you. And it was actually a really interesting hobby to stumble into. I'm not going to lie. It's because of TikTok. Um, <laughs> I'm just gonna be honest, I saw them doing it and I was like, I could do that. Um, and I really, I, so I started that rug in like October, maybe September. I'm gonna say September, I ordered all the materials and they came in by October. And I really wanted to just like hand punch a rug. And I, of course, wanted it to be huge and ginormous because I am insane. And I slowly worked on it, I'm going to say, for like four or five months. Just like on and off, I'd be like, I want to work on my rug today. And that was a really uh, interesting change of pace because I'm going to say since I became an artiste when I was like 13-ish, there's always been some sort of like deadline or some sort of convention that I'm crunching for. Calder has seen it firsthand freshman year when I made my costume in, yeah. in two weeks and then won an award. Um, but like I, the later I start something and the more stress I go through, like somehow it like clicks in my brain that like that is the way that you have to do things. Like you have to get this like crazy adrenaline. You have to stay up every single night and like for what? 
I still haven't figured it out, but like it fuels me really. It really does. And coming to the brink of death, making something, it's just, it hits like nothing else. <laughs> I definitely feel that like you have to put yourself under a certain amount of pressure. And when you're under pressure, you start to innovate and create even more amazing things. I've had yeah. some of my best ideas at like 3 a.m. I think 3 a.m. and also like when you're a little bit way too close for comfort to the deadline I think is also another thing the gloves are off okay now I have and you're like I have to make a decision right now we're we just have to lean in and I think that really helps but so with rug making it is the absolute end of the spectrum I was like I want to take the most time making this thing like I don't want to rush whatsoever I want to put on like the Yu-Gi-Oh dub and I want to sit and laugh and like punch my rug for six hours and make like this much of it It, it's not that much it's probably this much in like six hours but like I don't know I just like had this idea of like I want to relax for once in my life and I, it was insane. I've never felt anything like it. Still kind of chasing that high. Uh, but, like, I don't know what it is. It was just, like, I totally want to take my time because I've never taken my time in anything in my life. And so yeah. that was really crazy, and I totally fell in love with rug making. Um, that being said, I bought a rug gun, so I could make them really fast, yes. so I could give myself deadlines. <laughs> but it's definitely made it. Rug guns look a... Uh... They look so satisfying. It's just that... They are a little bit terrifying. They go really fast. Yeah. Um, I tie my hair up because I'm afraid of it, like, getting in the rug gun. It's, like, because I... It's, like, next to my face. It's just, like, one of those, like, fears that you have that, like, probably wouldn't happen, but, like, what if? Um, Yeah. Better to be safe than sorry. Yeah. So I've made a few things with that so far. It's very new. So I'm hoping that as, like slowly snowball i'm working on two commissions right now but the next month oh i also have two commissions next month I think I, you're about to get another one too well i would love to, i seriously like rugs have been like my like shining light in quarantine of like i wake up and i'm like i would love to make a rug today i'm gonna work on a rug after this like my yarn came in i'm like <laughs> i ran out but like i'm gonna finish it after this and i'm so excited i'll send you a picture it's really great um and They've been fueling me. Um, oh, after I don't have commissions anymore, I'm excited to just be like, I want to make this rug. And then I'm going to make it, and then I'm going to be like, who wants to buy it? And hopefully someone will. So with all this rug making and commissions and patterns and all that stuff, do you have any hobbies or other art that you like to make on the side? <laughs> <laughs> if you have time for it. Do you have hobbies? <laughs> wait a wait a. Yeah, um... I guess technically all of my art has been, like, monetized, I guess you can say, and I am trying to, like, hustle it, but, like, I don't know. I do make things for myself sometimes, but honestly, like, I'm really just kind of not that motivated to, which maybe sounds weird, but, like, if I don't have a reason to make something, like, I just kind of am not interested in it. And, like, wanting something for me is kind of sometimes not reason enough. I mean, like, I wanted the rug and I made the rug, but that was kind of, like, also, like, learning a new skill and, like, having this, like, rug time, whatever. Like, it was something to fill the void, but, like, you know, yeah, like, sometimes I go shopping and I'll, like, see something I want and then I go, no, I shouldn't buy that. I could make it. But then I go home and I go, "Eh, I don't really want to make it that much. And then I don't have it. (laughs) But, like, I think that kind of stems from there's so much waste in the fashion industry that, like, I kind of almost have this guilt for making things sometimes. But, like, if someone else wants it, like, I'll make it for you. 
Interesting. Yeah, I mean, you've basically turned your hobbies into your profession, which is, I feel like, every artist's dream. So it makes sense that you don't exactly have time for <laughs> other things. I mean, um, yeah, I did make a Kigurumi semi-recently, which is, I don't know if you know what that is. Um, it's basically like a like a pajama onesie that became popular in oh, like cool. the cosplay community. It has like a drop crotch. And so, like, you might, like, maybe there's, like, a flying squirrel one, or, like, they're just, like, animal outfits, and it's kind of, like, if you're lazy and you want to wear them to a convention. And I'm making, uh, I started the project two years ago. They've been in my room in Joanne's bags individually. There's two of them. Uh, And so during quarantine, like, a month ago, I was, like, I should probably finish those after, like, two years. And so I, like, dug them out. And um, it's Appa and Momo from Avatar The Last Airbender, but they're like giant oh, onesies. Awesome. <laughs> and um, the Appa one is mostly finished. The horns are like this high. They're giant. And so that's kind of something I did for myself. So I guess that is my answer. I've done a single thing for myself. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense though. Like we've already touched on is that uh, you're, essentially your hobbies have just become who you are and now it's just not even hobbies anymore it's just you're just doing work that's just being put out there you know so that makes sense pretty much which is great because now if i like go to joanne's and i'm like making a costume it's a business expense because <laughs> i so it's like a tax write-off <laughs> in a way i'm like oh yes going to joanne's and like putting it on my taxes because i'm making costumes and then it's building my portfolio so that people hire me to make costumes <laughs> exactly all right. Now, I guess with that, we'll transition over to what advice do you have for someone entering the fashion industry or is thinking about entering the fashion industry? Oh, I don't know if I'm like the person to give fashion advice because like I'm not like okay. a fashiony fashion major. I will give I will twist the question into my own way, though. Um, do it. Definitely going to fashion school was also very interesting for me because I came in and I was like, I want to make costumes. And they were like, what if you didn't want to do that? And I was like, no, I I want to make costumes. And they definitely tried to like force me out of it. But I was like so stubborn into it that I like was like, no, I'm going to do this. And that's how it's going to be. So they didn't like me very much, but that's okay. Um, (laughs) I would say fashion wise. I was so not into it and I'm still not even into it. I'm wearing like a Naruto t-shirt right now. Like I, fashion is kind of like not, not my speed. I don't know. Well, like I guess, all right, fashion. how about this then? How about this then? All right. If someone else was like also kind of came from a similar background of like, oh, they're into costume making and cosplaying and everything of that style uh, similar to your own, and they were like, oh, I think I want to go to Mass Art or any other school for fashion to continue this. What advice would you give them trying mm. to go into a major like the one that you just went into? So, like, giving, like, 18-year-old me advice. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say absolutely stick to your guns because Mass Art will try to force you to do something else. Mass Art is really good at breeding ready-to-wear designers, which means, if you're not familiar, ready-to-wear is, like, normal people clothes like what you wear every day of your life um they they say that they like innovation and new things but the professors are kind of like what if we simplified this what if we showed less skin they're a little they're a little behind on the fashion trend so i would definitely say stick to your guns because at the end of the day it's going to be your portfolio and you definitely want 
it to shine. With that also, you want the craziest range that you can possibly get in your portfolio. You want people to be like, she can do everything. You want every different type of fabric. You want every different silhouette that you can possibly get your hands on. You're going to want something big. You're going to want something tight. You're going to want something like with crazy shoulders. Just like absolutely do anything you want. Don't take no for an answer and really push the boundaries as much as humanly possible. And they might not put you in the fashion show, but you'll definitely get a job. That sounds like some good advice. Love it. That was pretty good, wasn't it? <laughs> so, who should we talk to next? Preferably not from Mass Art, because that's kind of our biggest circle. So we have been feeding off you of the know Mass everyone. Art community. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, um, so we're trying to think outside the box. If you don't, it's if you don't, then that's also fine. But we're just kind of. Do you of, want you like know. another cosplayer? I don't. I know a lot of cosplayers. If that counts as like yeah, an artist, definitely. Um, I could literally give you like a huge list, but maybe someone who's like, ooh, maybe I'll try to find like an armor person because I do sewing, and that's kind of like the same but different. Mm-hmm. Do I know any armor people? Maybe I'll armor would be cool. It. I've been um, thinking about three D printing Iron Man or um, Mandalorian armor to do a cosplay because I've never been to a con, so I think that'd be really fun to do like uh-oh. Halo Reach or. I'll take you. Oh, yeah, that'd be so cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, Mando would be great, because who doesn't love Mando? Yeah. Uh, the Iron Man cosplayers are either, either, like, really nice and humble, or, like, dicks, and there's no in-between, which is very Tony Stark of them. <laughs> yeah, but, I was like, thinking, sometimes like, be, like, <laughs> like, when, like, sometimes they make it move, and they make it light up, and you're like, oh my god, this is amazing, and, like, you know when you, like, compliment someone, and they're like, yeah. I know. And you're like, all right, yeah. well, you're, if you're going to be a dick, like, I don't like you anymore. But. <laughs> Good to know. You have to be humble. You have to be like, who, me? Thank you so much. <laughs> I didn't cry over this for 200 hours. Like, thank you. <laughs> yeah, putting in lights and all that stuff in an Iron Man suit is a lot of work. I don't know if I'd go that hard, but Mando would be, Mando yeah, would be cool. Mando would be you very You can do cool. the lights. They're pretty easy. You just gotta connect in a circle with the lights. Circuits, yeah. easy, 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 easy. Yeah, yeah. But with that, it's like, um, yeah. If you know anyone that, I mean, if if there if there is someone from Mass Art that you you know that you think definitely uh, should be on, because this this whole podcast is really just about you know supporting uh, artists that are trying to grow and learn and everything like that. So if you know someone outside of Mass Art, cool. If you don't, if it's someone at Mass Art, that's fine too. Um, are you yeah. gonna talk to Matthew? Oh, Matthew Knight? Do you know, know Matthew? Matthew, Knight. Matthew Charles Knight. Charles Knight. Ooh. Oh, sorry. You gotta say the full <laughs> name. Uh, yeah, he's like the most eloquent person you'll ever talk to, and he could talk about his work in like the most grandiose way you would ever see someone talk about their work, so he might be someone pretty cool. Okay. That's a good recommendation. <laughs> now, where but, can we find your work? Yes. My work? Oh, God. Me and my five Instagrams? No. Um, you can find my work basically anywhere uh my cosplay instagram is hanny banani cosplay which a lot of people <laughs> i guess it's like a really challenging name even though it, it to me it's so simple but the amount of people who've messed it up it's fairly comical at this point my favorite has been um hannibal cannibal cosplay <laughs> like close but no um but that's h-a-n-n-i-b-a-n-a-n-i cosplay um, if you want to see my, uh, professional portfolio work, I also have a professional Instagram, which I believe is H-E-C Costumes. More on that, if you want to go to my website, it's hannah-cousins.com. 
Uh, I think that's everything. Everything's linked within it, but like, yeah. if you find me somewhere, you'll definitely find me everywhere. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for being on here. This was a great episode. It was awesome to talk with you. Hope you had a good time. Yes, thank you so much. I love talking about my Ben 10 jacket. <laughs> it's great. I haven't thought about her in years. Honestly, I one day I'll remake it in leather and I'll be like 25 cosplaying a 10-year-old. <laughs> Something to see. All right, thanks again. Next episode, we'll be speaking with Sin Suri, an intuitive industrial designer and crafter. You can reach us on our Instagram at bad underscore media underscore and our email at badboston.media. You are listening to the Boston Artists and Designers Podcast, created to provide insight to all kinds of creative minds by sharing the work and experiences of our peers and discussing what inspires and drives them. The goal is to create a platform for collaboration, networking, discussion, and education. Bad Podcast is created and hosted by Calder McKay and John Chevrette. Music by Tom Abbott. John and I are just getting started and hope to get better over time and with your feedback. Thanks again for listening.